Hello and welcome to episode 81 of Onion Unlimited, the podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Torridan. This last week or so, I've been uploading uh, back episodes of my Onion Unlimited podcast to YouTube. In the past, I've just uploaded them to a service called rss.com, which pushes it out to podcast platforms such as Spotify, Google Podcasts and so forth. Uh, But I thought I'd try something different. I'd start uploading my podcast episodes to YouTube. So I flooded the internet with some 80 episodes going all the way back to October 2021 when I started. And as a result, I've started getting some really good comments from different people. So I thought this morning I'd just go through some of the comments I've received this morning and my responses. So the first one is from someone called Vusi. This is in response to episode nine, Game Over, How I Finally Walked Away from Jehovah's Witnesses. Vusi says, you walked away to which way between the two? Matthew 7, 13 to 14, followed by very many question marks. Vusi obviously is surprised that I walked away from Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't really understand what Vusi is saying there, but I think the scripture you've posted is about the narrow way to life. Vusi, do you mean that I walked away from everlasting life? I think that's what you're saying. If so, I would just reply, I don't agree. I still think I've got a hope for the future. It's just not that of living forever on a paradise earth as a Jehovah's Witness. Or for me, at the time, I used to believe I was anointed and going to heaven to rule for a thousand years. I don't believe in that anymore. I just believe that we all return to our true nature at the death of our body, which is spirit. So for me, there's nothing to fear. I've lost nothing. And Matthew 7, 13 to 14 really has no relevance for me. The next comment is on episode 70, who is Yahweh? Cass says, Yahweh is the protection of the old Jewish hope. I agree. Not much more I can say on that. Next, episode 80, Jehovah's Witnesses, as it really is. The little radical thinker leaves a reply, while every religion has CSA problems that's child sexual abuse problems one thing i learned is the two adults rule of the adventists they say two adults must be present when around children in any case this is a big slap on watchtower's face of course this this is indeed a good idea and i i think you're making a good point there other religions definitely have a better safeguarding policy in place certainly at the grassroots level Witnesses, of course, have a child protection policy on their website, but on a congregation level, it still is very much a paedophile's paradise. There really isn't that level of control that's necessary to keep children safe, which is ironic, really. They control every other aspect of people's lives, but they don't protect children. Why is this? I think it's because they haven't kept up with modern society and the way that things should be done. Even Bible-following religions have... Adapted, whereas Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, with the two witness rule, they work on the basis that that's what the Bible says, so that's what they do, and there's no flexibility to accommodate modern modern thinking. They're still very much stuck in the 1800s, I think. (laughs) 
Next comment, Rick Gallo on episode 80, Jehovah's Witnesses, as it really is, says, it really is amazing that you have a cult troll (laughs) dogging your every post. I think you're referring to my resident JW apologetic, JW defencer, who actually hasn't responded to my episode yet. Bit suspect. I know a fair number of them, Rick says, and the vast majority are acting like they are operating out of a siege mentality. They're on the back foot and losing more and more of their followers. This is very true, Rick. In fact, I had lunch with a non-JW friend the other day, a guy I've known for many years. He's never been a Jehovah's Witness, but he's been interested observing what's happened to me. And he noted just how much negative publicity there has been in the press with regards to child sexual abuse and other issues. And he actually said uh, they must be leaving very fast. There can't be many Jehovah's Witnesses left now, can there? (laughs) Chance will be a fine thing. But interesting that he noted that there's a lot of negative publicity and there's a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses leaving. Uh, When I first left... The second time, a couple of years back, December 2019, there was around about, I think it was 60,000 XJWs on the XJW Reddit sub. And that's now up to 77,500. So just in the space of two years, it's gone up by 17,500. I would quote the scripture, the little one becomes a mighty nation, (laughs) but that might be triggering. Okay, moving on. Um, Jamie Reed says, excellent information. So well put together. Thank you for your time. Glad it was helpful. Thank you, Jamie. DD commenting on episode 79, me and my beard, life as a hairy Jehovah's Witness, says, I'm located in the southeastern part of the United States. I grew a beard. The body of elders kept asking me to shave, withheld privileges, etc., I told them no, and I referenced that Jesus and many other prophets wore them. Good for you, Dee Standing up to the peer pressure from elders isn't easy, but it can be done. Basically, with beards, there's nothing that they can do to you. They can't disfellowship you. The most they can do is withhold so-called privileges. And, of course, they work on the premise that all Jehovah's Witness men are desperate for a position in the congregation, elder, ministerial servant, whatever. But if you're not, if that really doesn't mean too much to you, like it became something I was quite indifferent to eventually, it just becomes a moot point. And they actually get very, very frustrated when they realise that they can't control you anymore. So good for you, keeping your beard. Well done. Woke to Intel of JWs says... No one does or says anything positive about living your best life after JWs. For example, I do a lot of meditation. Yeah, this was in response to episode 44, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish, which was the episode where I said that I wasn't going to be defined as an ex-JW moving forward, that I was going to try and concentrate more on healing and rebuilding after Jehovah's Witnesses. I've been really trying that on the channel um, in addition to the J- XJW content, I've also been posting a lot of things about uh, spirituality, Eastern spirituality in general. Um, you're right, meditation is awesome. I really should do a bit more of this. Uh, I tend to just uh, sleep <laughs> and dream. I do dream a lot, 
And I think I get a lot of spiritual messages from my dreaming. But you're right. I should meditate more. There are a lot of XJW channels that just bash the witnesses organisation. And I, I get why that would be. I, th- I think a bit of bashing is necessary. Uh, a bit of highlighting of the negative aspects of the witnesses. But I do think it's possible to get a bit too bogged down with that. And in a sense, the organisation actually continues to have some level of control over you, which is why I'm trying to steer clear of that as much as possible. Uh, I I do keep getting dragged back into it, though. <laughs> I do keep getting requested to answer certain questions about the witnesses. So I will continue to do that, but I will also continue to post information about healing and rebuilding after Jehovah's Witnesses. Check out my episode, if you haven't already woke, the two-part series on how to stop thinking as a Jehovah's Witness. I think that might be helpful to a lot of ex-Jehovah's Witnesses. Woke concludes, I so appreciate all your work, even though I've just found you. Thank you very much. Good to have you on board. The Little Radical Thinker, another comment from them, listening to the episode Are Jehovah's Witnesses a Cult? Part 3 says, When a human hears the Australian Royal Commission, I don't even know how anyone can ignore it. I mean, are you still a human if you know about it and still ignore it? That's a really good point, actually. The Australian Royal Commission hearing into institutional child sexual abuse, certainly within the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses organisation, was damning. I thought when you watched the JW representatives, Jeffrey Jackson and his cronies trying desperately not to answer the judges questions. It was so clear that there was a cover up going on and that they were trying to maintain their reputation as an organisation and even as individuals. It was like the victims really didn't matter to them. And I think that's why the Australian Royal Commission was a wake up call to so many Jehovah's Witnesses. On the episode Who is Yahweh, episode 70, Kenneth says Yaldaboth. Uh, I think you might mean Yaldabaoth, in which case, Kenneth, there is an episode in the making on this very subject. I'm just working on the transcript for that one at the moment. This next comment is a little worrying. Isaiah 30 verse 8 says, I'm happy about Armageddon. Being a Jehovah's Witness has everything to do with it. I don't actually know what Isaiah 30 verse 8 is saying because it's my understanding that he is not a witness anymore and is quite against the Watchtower organisation, but he's still saying that he's happy about Armageddon. Perhaps in the sense of Armageddon being aimed at Jehovah's Witnesses, I don't know. I really don't understand what some of these comments mean. And I can't see how any person could be happy about Armageddon, at least not the JW version. You know, 99.9% of the world's population, including children and babies, being slaughtered, not because they're actually wicked, but because they go about their normal everyday lives. Remember, eating and drinking and men marrying (laughs) and women being given in marriage without wanting to be a Jehovah's Witness. You know, to murder somebody because of that, I could not worship a god with that level of narcissism or follow a religion or a cult that subscribes to just so much death. 
you know, now I'm out of the organisation, I can see it for what it is. If you're listening, Isaiah, maybe you could uh, clarify that for me, please, so I've not misunderstood you. Moving on, Helena notes that in Poland, people study, get good jobs, flats, houses and try to be rich. Now, I understand this. I've been to Poland back in the past when the Soviet control was only very recently removed. And it seemed to me that many Polish people, and I understand this, wanted to better themselves. So, yes, they got better jobs. Often they'd leave Poland to get jobs over in England and other places. They were looking at getting uh, more money, more possessions. And that was very important to them. In fact, when I was there, I saw Western influence creeping in quite early. I actually visited an underground shopping mall. Uh, It was literally underground, out of the way from the general shops at top level. And uh, there was so much Western influence there. It It was quite something. Bright lights, flashing shop displays and very, very high prices. And it was materialism at its very best. So I can understand why Polish people, as time has gone on, have wanted a bit of that. And uh, they've gone out and got good jobs. Helena says, it was nice to listen to your life experience as a JW. Thank you for following my channel. So that's just a few of the comments I've had in this morning. Thank you, everybody, for supporting uh, my channel. If you've not already subscribed, that would be fantastic on YouTube. And uh, keep the comments flowing in. I will try my very best to answer as many as possible. So thanks for joining me. Join me again soon. Bye for now.